Welcome everybody to Gameology episode 38. We're talking about gaming and possible legislation. I'm one of your permanent co-hosts, Matthew Falvey, and I'm joined by... Attila Gabriel-Bransky. All right, Attila, you brought this up, and at first, like many of the things you bring up, I go, I don't quite understand that. And then the more that I look into it and read about it, it's a very fascinating topic, but why don't you start us off? So the whole reason this jumped into my head is because I saw somebody um, mentioning... And this uh, really, I'll admit, bugged me when I first saw this comment. They said something to the effect of, stop harping on Candy Crush because they've brought more joy to people than all indie games put together. Oh, that's a... You know, you might have had an argument, and then when you have to put down indie gaming in general with such a a stupid... Obviously, even, even if there's no way to actually measure joy... It's still wrong. Um, I would think so. I would hope so. Oh, and all of them put together? Come on. I mean, just pick like a couple. I, you could pick two indie games, and I'd say that one. I've had more fun with Stardew Valley than I have with Candy Crush. And I understand that there are a lot of people that are playing these Candy Crush-type games that might not even consider themselves gamers, but it could be a good gateway towards gaming. Yeah. Um, but we did an episode on this before where we talked mm-hmm. about uh, the, the practices of these games because inherently they they don't offer like story um, challenge or a lot of the positive aspects that we associate with gaming what they do is they tend to prey on the psychological ways to get people addicted mm-hmm. plus they are aimed at a, vo- a wide variety of people including children so minors mm-hmm. are being targeted in the ways that adults are targeted when we're talking about gambling nicotine alcohol all that kind of stuff yeah and that's that was one of my first like sort of gut kickback reactions to this comment was well even if more people play candy crush than a segment of indie games whatever um how many lives has candy crush ruined sure how many people are miserable because they've played that game uh because can can we weigh that against the potential joy that's come from that like i don't know it's uh it made me want to talk about this because i've always approached gaming from the perspective of it's the developer's responsibility to make a good wholesome experience but I think that a lot of the times, uh, people really want to take things into their own hands. I think this actually comes down to uh, a very personal preference for people. Sometimes people want to make choices themselves. Sometimes people want a, an organization or board to make those decisions about what should or should not be allowed. And sometimes people want government to make those decisions of what should or should not be allowed. And that brings us to our discussion about games not just candy crush but a lot of games like it and just games in general who should be responsible for making these decisions and is it enough to say parents should be responsible because a lot of the time you know you would never think to let your child smoke a cigarette or drink alcohol um but there's nothing inherently like where, where do you cross the line in terms of what kids you what what games you let your kids play or don't play 
should that decision be left up to the parent? Because so often I hear parents complaining about games like, oh, Minecraft makes my kid violent. What? Right. How? How is that possible? No, you aren't interacting with your child. You're not giving them an outlet. And then they go into Minecraft and they start killing pigs and whatever. And they blame it on the game because the game is providing them an outlet. It's not that it's necessarily the game's fault. I see a lot of kids, because in my day-to-day job, I work with lots and lots of kids, and I see lots and lots of parents and how they interact with their kids. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a shame how often technology is blamed for bad parenting. Sure. Because I I think that's just a, um, like, no one wants to admit they're a bad parent, right? No one wants to admit they're bad at anything. No one wants to admit flaws in their own character. Mm-hmm. Um, no one wants to admit they've screwed up in general. So if they can find an out, if they can find something to blame, they're going to jump on that. They're going to cling to that desperately. <laughs> and sure. I think it's uh, I think it's unfortunate that games are so often the brunt of that. But sometimes they're right. Sometimes the game is doing things that is actively harmful to the child that's playing, to the adolescent, to the adult, to whomever is interacting with this experience, they are uh, being acted upon in a negative fashion, or at least what I see to be in a negative fashion. And that's really the core of the question is, what level of like legislation is appropriate for this kind of thing? I'm not sure if I have an answer. Yeah, it's a tough question. I mean, if you just touch on the first point you made, well, one of the points you made about, say, people talking about legislating games in general. And with Grand Theft Auto, that was a big one. Mortal Kombat, that was a big one. And people trying to say that uh, kids were causing games to be violent. It was programming in a way. But mm-hmm. I don't think that there were too many video games around the time of, I don't know, World War One or World War Two. There's been, and before that, there's been violence throughout history before video games. Huh, I've, yeah. I mean, I've worked with kids and and I, I've seen some kids that, that are maybe play too much video games or, or read too much or don't, don't have enough social interaction to balance mm-hmm. it out. And you can see this kind of pent up energy in them and they don't have that physical outlet that kind of drains that and that for i mean you can see it uh when you look at like the present state of jails you put a bunch of people together you don't really give them any kind of outlet obviously they're going to turn on each other and fight and because people are just constantly looking for that natural outlet you mentioned a kid going into minecraft to kill a pig well i'm sure Mm -hmm. a couple generations ago the kid would go out to the actual farm and he'd help dad kill a pig and he probably felt pretty good at the end of the day. But you're absolutely right. Do you think? Do you think? I think this is one of the the situations where the non-realistic consequences of violence help to satisfy that sort of primal urge to like make the thing dead, like frying ants with a magnifying glass, like terrible things. Mm-hmm. But the consequences of the violence are far removed. I don't. I think a kid would go pale in the face if he actually had to re- kill a real living thing. So I'd hope. Yes. Well, we won't dive into that any further here, but uh, it's, you know, with like with cigarettes, alcohol, gambling, those kind of things, like you said, you would never give your kid that or Mm -hmm. you'd like to think some people have grown out of this. Well, we'll make the kids smoke a whole pack, see how he feels then. But uh, they do have legislation for these things that you they're trying to stop cigarette advertising towards kids or trying to stop gambling Mm -hmm. advertising towards kids. But when you look at, say, 
a lot of free to play games and not just Candy Crush, but mm-hmm. say like League of Legends, um, these games that are trying to get um, gamers to buy more and upgrade more. And there's, I bet you, there's a ton of examples, and I've talked to a few parents that have had this, where the kids don't even realize how much they've spent on this free to play game. The parent makes the bad de- bad decision of giving them the credit card one time to buy a hat, and then next month's credit card bill is is a huge shock. I mean, kids could yeah. end up being the biggest whales out there because they they could. When you're just trickling they're spending, it in. They're not spending their own money. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like somebody who buys a $5 coffee every day. You know, if, they, if you ask them, do they want to spend that up front? you want to spend $150 on coffee in the month? They probably would say no. But this, mm-hmm. they love this trickling in. They don't want that revenue to go away. Um, you know, and with Candy Crush, I think everybody was surprised when we saw that Candy Crush, uh, the publisher King, was bought by mm-hmm. Activision for $5 billion dollars. And 5.9 billion, and all the people thought mm-hmm. that's a little bit crazy. But an interesting thing to think about is if you look at all the data that these mm-hmm. people are collecting, they go, Oh, Attila, this, if we do this, Attila buys a pack, or Matt will buy this hat, or whatever, which you and I never do. Of course, we're, yeah, we're immune to that. Yeah, but they. No, you bought packs in Hearthstone, didn't you? I did, I did, yeah. And, ah. uh, and it made me feel a little sick afterwards. When I was in the moment, though, you are constantly being programmed and trained mm-hmm. to like value your time. So if you spend a we've little not, bit of money, what's that? No, I was just going to say, we've never bought aesthetic things, though. Absolutely. We're more paying to, uh, to win in a way, which is worse. Like the whole thing of it, when you're removed from it, it seems so ridiculous. But when you're involved, they know how to... But they know how to make you kind of think that that is a better choice. But now mm. imagine all that data is now available so they're tracking yeah. what makes humans click on things and do things. And yeah. that is now being bought and owned by Activision and other companies. Uh, and that's a bit of a scary proposition going forward. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where people are realizing going forward that like data is such a valuable thing. And if you're collecting that data about a human from the onset of their life, like yeah. from when you start playing a game, like when a child picks up this like behavioral tracking experience Mm -hmm. masquerading as something that's supposed to be fun and they're playing that for all their lives it sickens me to think of like how people are going to try and use that against them doing these like psychological tricks to convince people to buy one product over another about making decisions that are self-damaging and serve the company um it's one of those things where like it seems obvious to me that you would never give a child alcohol or cigarettes or subject them to gambling those things seem obvious to me that you shouldn't do that and yet those are places where the government has stepped in and said we're going to impose legislation that stores are not allowed to sell these things you can't buy lottery tickets or cigarettes or alcohol if you're under a certain age I'm wondering if it seems obvious to me that you shouldn't let your child, you know, rack up a huge debt in a game. I'm wondering how far away we might be from some form of legislation being imposed. I think this is something that if the game industry doesn't figure this out on its own, that the government is going to step in and we don't necessarily want to be subject to a whole bunch of laws and legislation for every bit of media we ever produce like i can't make an 
honest microtransaction in a game where you can buy the next five levels of your experience because that's regulated like can you imagine a day where you're not allowed to make a game with microtransactions in it because microtransactions are deemed by some government board to be the root of all evil because they don't understand the medium i think that's the biggest problem we face is that if we don't police this ourselves i thought about which word to use there for a second mm-hmm we have the issue of people who don't understand the medium as well as we do imposing laws on us. And I think that's a significant issue and could have a lot of damaging effects on the industry and the creativity, creative freedom of individuals in years to come. Yeah, I think there are sides of people that could say, groups of people that would agree, fine, get rid of all microtransactions. But that is a... I'm I'm kind of racking my brain to, to think of games where I enjoyed it, and and that's that's a very conserv conservative approach. Well, let's just go back to the old way. You pay mm-hmm. your full amount, you get your game, and then you buy a DLC after that. Um, microtransactions in gaming and the addictive nature and how successful they are. It's such a new industry that mm-hmm. the regulations haven't even caught up to it. I, exactly. I've, you know, I have I have no idea if they're watching them at all, um, but it is. Um, We've seen this branch out into there's there's actual gambling going on where people are putting up Counter-Strike guns and Counter-Strike weapons, mm-hmm. gambling them against each other. We just saw a big scandal where there were two very popular YouTubers who owned a gambling site and were mm-hmm. pretending that the results they were getting were legitimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, allegedly, we they haven't been able to prove whether those were rigged or not, mm-hmm. but they went on incredible runs of luck and were promoting them to a lot of young people that oh this is fun gambling's fun guys look how much money i'm making uh that's actual gambling with microtransactions the difference between gambling is that gambling there's a chance you can win Mm -hmm. with uh when you're buying hats in a moba you don't you don't win money at all no money is ever coming back to you it's just going out. They might trick you into say that some of these things are... I mean, I collected Star Wars cards, and we would tell our parents, oh, this Darth Vader card's worth $40. They're like, yeah, okay, go find somebody to sell that to. Mm-hmm. And then we just yeah. thought they didn't understand, but obviously they didn't understand. I mean, you look at something like Destiny, mm-hmm. uh, a AAA version of combining Halo and like Candy Crush and all these little tiny... Um, currencies you have to collect like oh if you collect a bunch of flax bows you can convert them into zig knobs and and training people to value their time so that you have to mm-hmm. come and log in every day because then you get yeah. a more progression i mean they're using all these tricks and it's uh, i mean it's everywhere now but i you know i'm with you it's it's like i i, I my gut is to say it should come down to the parent and you should teach mm-hmm. the kid on your own because when you start legislating things, it's too easy to just cut a huge swath and take mm-hmm. out everything. Um, I mean, for example, if I had a kid, I'd like to think that I would give them a preloaded card. And I'd say, mm-hmm. this is your budget to spend on games per month. And I would almost want them to blow it one month all mm-hmm. in like a day and kind of learn that, oh, it sucks. All I got was like a day of buying hats in this game. God, I keep picking mm-hmm. on these hats and I've be totally wrong but i think they're stupid but uh you know and then maybe the next month they stop buying free-to-play stuff and Mm -hmm. they go out and they buy like a a much much better bigger more traditional game that their old conservative dad would like so i i would lean towards putting it onto the parent and onto free choice and letting the free market dictate it but it is really scary to see these kind of practices marketed towards kids yeah 
it's just it's one of those things where like different people are going to have um, opinions on whether the game developers shouldn't be allowed to create these kind of experiences in the first place. Um, like, how much can you put on the parent if the parent themselves doesn't understand it? Right. And that's that's a big problem is that parents are letting their kids engage in things that parents they don't understand. Just don't understand. Yeah. Well, it's I know. Um, not from first-hand experience, that parents have a lot to deal with. They have to be productive adults and earn a wage and also be responsible for the you know life and upbringing of another human. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that a parent has to do and keep on top of. And in general, it would be unfeasible for them to have to vet every single product that uh, their child interacts with. Um, wouldn't it just be easier if a game developer were responsible for not creating these toxic experiences that the parents have to then weed through and find which ones are safe for their child to interact with and which ones are not? Um, and that's definitely an argument for that side of things, of like putting the responsibility on the game developer. Now the question: Who is who's going to do that? Is it going to be the government, or is it going to be another regulatory body? Yeah, but now that you've mentioned that, now I'm a little worried about if the responsibility is solely on the parent, and a parent mm. doesn't know a lot about it. I'd be more worried that the kid just might be whitewashed of games altogether, and they're like, "Well, yeah. if I, I don't know which ones are good or bad, they all kind of seem addictive to me, so you get none." Whereas mm. if you have sort of an official. If a parent who doesn't know about it, they can go, well, the government said this one was bad, so we're going to stay away from it. I mean, <laughs> To me, it seems obvious. Stay away from the ones that, I mean, I'm going to go right back to microtransactions again. Yeah. It's like those ones seem the toughest. Because if you think about addiction with games, a lot of times people will praise a game for being addictive. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so addicted to running around in Breath of the Wild and yeah. collecting all the shrines is so addictive. And then mm-hmm. you say, Candy Crush is addictive. Hearthstone was actually addictive to the point where yeah. I was thinking about it all the time. I mentioned on one of these episodes, I played it in the shower. In the yep. shower on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and not to mention driving, man. And it's... No. <laughs> yeah. I'll admit it. There's a horrible moment. And I knew what I was doing. I'm like, oh, I just put it up my thing. I'm like, oh, I'll just look at it at a stoplight. Just, you know, and that's a very powerful... Uh, and scary and, and dangerous and e- totally irresponsible choice that I made because mm-hmm. of the the nature of this thing. And um, so differentiating kind of the waters of that can be can be tough. So I, I to me, I think it, the common denominator out of it comes down to the microtransactions and the yeah. con- and because it's one thing if a game is so addictive that it makes you want to keep playing it. Mm-hmm. And then there is another, if it's so addictive, you want to keep spending mm-hmm. little by little by little. And I think that yeah. is where the murky water comes in. And I mean, here's a an interesting angle. Like, we've been talking for a while now about, like, parents and their kids. But adults are obviously just as susceptible to these kinds of psychological traps. Yeah. Like, maybe we have the perspective that we can acknowledge it and we can self-regulate. But it's not to say that you're not going to get caught off by it, caught off guard by it every once in a while. I went into playing Candy Crush to analyze it specifically to see uh, how its internal structure worked. So I was kind of bracing myself against any psychological hooks that the game was going to try to catch me on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, if I'd have wandered into another experience a bit more um, sort of with my, my guard lowered, I could totally get caught up in something that I, you know, might not realize is trying to take advantage of me. Um, I'd like to think that I'm not susceptible to these things, but we are not always perfect at making rational decisions, mm-hmm. I guess. That's what you have to be kind of worried about. So in general... You're, you're like an undercover cop that is worried about becoming corrupt or getting <laughs> into crack. So when you went in your little mole journey into Candy yeah. Crush, did you did it get its hooks into you? Did you no. find... Okay. Because I, I, I saw them. I saw them coming. I mm. saw the, the moment where it's like, oh, here's the moment where the game wants me to pay. What's been leading up to this moment? Well, I just failed the level because I'm two moves away from winning, and here's the thing I can buy three things to win. I see what you're doing. You know, it was clear to me. It was obvious because I'd been looking at each step of the progression up to that point. Right. But if you're not necessarily keeping an eye out for those things, um, then it's much easier to, like, ensnare someone in that sort of thing. Um, so, I guess, here's another angle. Okay. A fool and his dollar are easily parted. When these companies are taking advantage of people... And, you know, raking up all this money, do we care? I'm totally playing devil's advocate here. Right. Personally, I do. But, in general, people make money, they're free to spend it on whatever they choose. Um, (laughs) You're entitled to make bad decisions with your own money, so does it matter if these games are taking advantage of people posing the question yeah i I think that's why a lot of people instantly bring up kids and Mm -hmm. and that's why it always comes back to that is that you care when it is your kid and you care because a kid shouldn't be subjected to that and if you're over Mm -hmm. if you're an adult then right you can you can choose if you want to drink your face off fine if you want to play candy crush even worse but uh yeah, that's the, I guess you just have to let adults do it. You have to let the free market rain out. You, it's it's promoting it. It's promoting these these practices that I don't agree with. If they're going to make money, mm-hmm. because you're just going to see them prosper wherever the profit is. That's where it's going to go. Yeah, um, it's the kind of thing that really makes you grit your teeth, and you look at the merit of someone who creates an experience like Breath of the Wild, and like this is an amazing well-crafted experience and you look at the the great stories we have in gaming um and we have these truly great experiences which are making less money than the shallow cash grabs and that feels awful as a creator it feels awful to see these things succeed where the all the time and effort that's gone into crafting an immaculate experience like the Zelda games, like so many other games out there, it almost feels like that's going to waste. And why should we even bother to create these experiences when we can just spend a quarter, a fraction of that time and money and make something small and addictive. That's just going to break your wallet and take everything. you. But, you know, I heard an interesting point from uh, the lead guy on the upcoming game, Hellblade. 
Mm. He was talking to uh, Ben Hansen on the Game Informer show, and he was saying that the mobile market right now is is dominated by these giants where you may you may think that these games are really small and, and are easy mm-hmm. to create, but the oh, amount no, they're not. They're but not. but even but it's the marketing is the biggest thing. And those are yeah. the giants that control everything. I mean that's why you see Arnold Schwarzenegger on TV, Mariah Carey had her little run, the Sports Illustrated um cover model is promoting these games. I mean those that's where all the money is going. Oh great. They're spending money on advertising their experiences. Like uh, as a f- like, yes, these games are nowhere near as small as we believe them to be. Um, tiny, like flash in the pan, one in a million things like Flappy Bird are. I don't actually have a problem with Flappy Bird. It kind of burns me as a developer to see something that took truly that small amount of time. Like I think the guy made it within a week, and it made him like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions. Um, that kind of you know burns me up a little. Mm-hmm. But that guy basically won the lottery. That's how you have to think about it. Like, yeah, sometimes people spin the wheel and they get lucky. Um, Larger experiences like Clash of Clans and I think Clash Royale is the new one. Like, these are experiences which people have put lots and lots of time and effort into creating psychological traps. Uh, (laughs) So there's time and effort being invested into just awful, awful endeavors. Yeah. It's not to say that it isn't there at all. It's just it's being invested in ways that feel much more icky than the sort of forward facing um, experiences uh, that are just, that seem much more enriching. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when you look at art and media in general, uh, you know, as a musician, I listen to the music that, that dominates, um, you know, pop culture and and the music that a lot of my friends that, have a smaller interest in it always want me to play and learn and i hate this i hate these songs you know and to me they just sound so brainless and stupid and they're designed to be very easy it's like craft dinner it's just mm-hmm. very simple basic salt fat sugar being crammed on yeah. your throat and people like it um you look at uh actors that will do a studio movie to make all the money so that that they they it's very obvious they're not interested in yeah they'll say they will on a press junket but you know they aren't and then they go off and they make an indie movie that doesn't make a mm-hmm. lot of money but it pleases but this thing they're personally invested in yeah and it's i so that part is just going to be a part of the market i mean people that are excited about reboots and new jurassic park movie and stuff they're not doing it because they know you like jurassic park and they want to make you happy well they are but they're doing it because it's a proven way to make money and you mm-hmm. have good examples where at least the marvel studios that definitely seems to care about like creating an interest an interesting universe that works and you got dc that just like doesn't know what they're doing but they know that's where the money is i mean if mcdonald's made more money selling you healthy food they do it in a second you'd be seeing quinoa organic kale burgers whenever it's just whatever makes the most money but like Mm -hmm. you said i like what you said about that icky feeling it's when that is is the pervasive i mean as much as i loved hearthstone i still came out of it feeling dried out inside and and like a little bit of my soul had been used definitely definitely and i and i barely put any money into it it was almost that i felt used for the amount of time and the in the brain space that it took for me Mm -hmm. where i got so into the strategy of it where i just i'll find a list every once in a while where i wrote down all the turn orders and tried to devise the ultimate strategy which i really enjoyed but where Mm -hmm. i felt a bit icky was when it came down to you had to spend the money to Mm -hmm. to have a hope of being competitive and when you're left feeling used and 
and a little bit disgusting, that's when people need to step step in. But I mean, that's I don't know if we're any closer to a solution, and that is what makes it so difficult. And I, if I had, if you put a gun to my head, I would say you have to leave it up to people to get educated, informed, and make their own decisions. I think ultimately this is something that a lot of people are going to have a lot of different opinions on, and we'd love to hear them. If you want to have uh, your opinion, like you want to write into us and tell us what you think about this, we'd love to hear what you have to say. So uh, at the end of every show, we always say, please uh, check out either my website, bluescreenproductions.com, and you'll be able to find a submission form to uh, send us your feedback directly. Um, do you want to say where how they can get in contact with you? Yeah, you can email gamethinktalk at gmail.com. You can comment on the YouTube video, wherever this is. You can tweet me on Twitter at gamethinktalk. Get in touch with us. We'll, you know, if we get enough interest, especially on one episode, we could have a little, maybe a little mini episode where we read out and kind of further discuss and go deeper down the rabbit hole. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode, right, Attila? Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where like this whole discussion was kicked off for me because someone left their feedback. It's not feedback I personally agree with, but I wanted to acknowledge this person's opinion. Um, I think everyone is entitled to an opinion. Um, just we can't promise that we're necessarily going to agree with it. Anyway, you've heard a lot about what we think on the subject, but don't let that dissuade you from expressing your opinion, even if it's completely contrary to everything we've just said. Absolutely. So we'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, if you want to reach me on Twitter, you can do that at Bluish Green Pro or my personal handle at Attila Gabriel. Whatever is easiest for you to get, a, however it's easiest for you to get a hold of us, uh, we're listening. So yeah, please do. All right. Thanks for watching, listening, everybody. Bye for now. Bye.